is great. This is really great. I, um, I used to be little, but I was never small. <laughs> I, I have this whole thing, you know, just so you guys know. Um, you know, podiums always make me feel like I'm standing behind a tree. So I like to kind of not do that. Um, thanks for the Academy for inviting me to, to speak with you all today and um, the patrons. And I, this morning, you know, I was reading through the, um, you know, you guys got that packet, that binder. Con oh, yeah, right. Thank you for the person for putting together that binder. Because I cannot imagine. But the binder's like this thick, right? So this morning, I'm like flipping through going, oh my God, you guys are so awesome. Um, the honor delegates, you guys are such an awesome bunch. And there are like poetry ambassadors and champion cricketers and you work with wavelets. I'm not sure what a wavelet is. You, you work with um, Afghan reconciliation programs. You work with the IRS and I kind of want to meet you. Um, uh, during the talk, um, two, you've got two rock stars, which is pretty cool, and one of you works, uh, probes cell death pathways. Um, cell death pathways, and I, I, I kind of want to know what a cell death pathway is, but I also don't want to know what a cell death pathway is. Um, you all know what it's like to represent, because you have been called to represent, um, I too have been called to represent, I've got, a million suggestions for you today. Um, I'll see how many I can get through in the eight minutes that they've given me to speak with you. And I've got three uh, anecdotes. Um, like you guys, I've been representing or representing, as we say on the corner, for a long time. Um, you know, the first African American to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama. I've been called on for uh, in lots of lots of instances to to represent. Uh, playwriting excellence, and um, people ask me, what is it like to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama? And it's great, so, so don't ask me that question during the Q&A. It's great, of course it's great. It's also very humbling, as you all know, because, because it's like, you know, it's great, and then it's like, whoa, because you know, as you know, we, we all, those of us who excel, we stand on the shoulders of giants, and we all know that none of us are here by our own, you know, simply by our own doing. Um, first anecdote, anecdote number one, I started writing when I was in the fourth grade, when I was little but not small, and um, my dad had just come back from the Vietnam War, fighting in the Vietnam War, he was a career army officer, and he and my mom decided that they would buy a grand piano because it was their idea to have all their kids, all their kids, their three children, all of us, um, play the piano. You know, that was their sort of thing that they wanted. And um, poor, uh, unfortunately for my mom and dad, I spent more, less time at the piano doing the scales and more time underneath the piano because it's a perfect cave, really. And so the dog would come. We had a dog named Penny, and she would come and hang out with me, and we'd sit in the cave that was the grand piano, underneath the grand piano. And my mother, and all women back then, I know like some of you are very young and weren't born back in those days, but all women back then, this is a rule, um, they wore high heels. And so my mother, she walked by looking for me. She didn't hear the da na 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 right? So she didn't know where I was. And she would look for me, and she would lean down, and she'd click, 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 click by on her high heels, and she'd say, what are you doing underneath the piano? 
and I was there. I said, I'm writing my novel. I was writing my novel. I had read, in the fourth grade, I had read a total of uh, three novels. Read at two novels, no, read one, uh, read two novels and read at one novel. All of them had pictures in them. One was Harriet the Spy, you know, great novel. With pictures, really good pictures. Uh, the second one was Hotel for Dogs, lesser known, a lesser known masterpiece. <laughs> but it was brilliant, it was about some kids who like made a hotel for dogs, it was amazing. And the third, the one I read at, you know, didn't read but read at, was the, um, the illustrated uh, Don Quixote. I read, you know, I read the captions. So I'm flipping through reading all the captions under these drawings. So I had read um, a sum total of three novels and I felt like after reading three novels it was time for me to write my own. Uh, suggestion number one is entertain all your far out ideas. All your far out ideas. I know, I stand on one foot a lot, don't worry. I was a flamingo, I think, <laughs> last time. But I do that a lot, and people go, why do you do that? I, I don't know. But uh, int I entertain all my far-out ideas. Duh. Um, all your far-out ideas. People ask me, how do you come up with the crazy ideas for the things you write and the things you do? And all that? I entertain all my far-out ideas. And what that means is an idea walks into the room, and you entertain your idea. You all know how to entertain. You, you know, right, you, you're not, no, yo, man, you go, hey, he's gonna have a party tonight, right? So, <laughs> you spread the table, right? You offer your best food that you have. Doesn't need to be fancy, but it does need to be, you know, appropriate. You might get, put out some wine or water, depending on whether or not your idea is a drinker. Um, <laughs> you know, light some candles, put on some music, that kind of thing. You entertain all your far ideas. What it does not mean is when your idea comes in the room, you go, oh, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to have you in here, right? You entertain all your forward ideas. That's suggestion number one. Suggestion number two, when you get an award, regardless of what the award is for, know that you've been called upon to increase the amount of kindness and compassion in the world. That's like the fine print. I saw the pictures on the website. We get golden plates or something, right? I don't know what that, a golden plate, I told all my friends, golden plate. The fine print, I think, in the fine print of the golden plate is, you have once again been called to increase kindness and compassion in the world. That's the fine print. And all of you have been um, given awards and prizes, and you will continue to get awards and prizes. You'll have so many in the next like five years, like, it'll be amazing. Note the fine print, always remind yourself, a lot of artists, especially artists, you know, they start winning awards, they start getting some, and they really start, think that's uh, an opportunity for them to treat you like, you know, I got mine, I'm in and you're not, kind of thing. Always remember that your real job, your real job is to increase the kindness and, and the amount of kindness and compassion in the world. That's your real job. I know, I've written plays, movies, for movie stars, you know, I've had plays on Broadway and whatnot. I, my real job is to, is to uh, you know, increase the peace, increase the kindness and compassion in the world. Just because I'm standing here now on this, I love it, the carpet is red, this is very good. So just because I'm standing here on the red carpet, uh, it doesn't mean that it's been easy, of course not. Um, anecdote number two, I was in high school, 
this is long time ago. Some I'm older than, but you know. So it was oh, way back in the olden days, in the dark, in the dark ages, like or like 1620 or something. It was a long time ago. Um, and I was a very poor speller, and I had a, a wonderful teacher, uh, an English teacher, a literature teacher, who suggested when I told her I want to be a writer, she suggested that because I was a very poor speller, that I should not be a writer. And that's anecdote number two, which leads to suggestion number three, which is question authority. <laughs> Especially when we're here, we're in stone's throw, or spitting distance, as the saying goes, from the White House. Question authority, question authority, question authority. Um, that's a lot of suggestions just ran by. We, we didn't have time to, to say them. Suggestion number 80. Suggestion number 80, uh, don't worry about being cool. Being cool is overrated, and besides, you'll miss all the fun. Suggestion number 718 and 12. 7,812, sorry, I can't even read it. Practice radical inclusion. Practice radical inclusion. Not just inclusion, but radical inclusion. What is radical inclusion? Inclusion is this, right? It's comfortable, right? It doesn't you know, create any strain in your shoulders. Radical inclusion is this. Now, you're not ripping your arms off. You can see it from the side. You have to sit from the side, right? Inclusion, radical inclusion, right? It's a little outside of your comfort zone. That's one of the reasons why the Academy of American Achievement is so cool. It gives me personally an opportunity to practice radical inclusion with the diversity of the Golden Plate recipients. We realize that actually it's not just including people who are like us, that's inclusion, but including people who perhaps are not like us or are less like us than we'd like them to be. <laughs> I'm not naming any names. I'm not naming any names. I'm just saying, stones throw from the White House. <laughs> Sorry. Um, more suggestions. Uh, each one, teach one. Lift others as you climb. Eyes on the prize. Ain't nobody going to turn me around. <laughs> Thousands just ran by. Um, I've had plays on Broadway, and I've had plays off Broadway, and I've had plays off, 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 off Broadway. So far away from Broadway that, well, gee, they didn't even know what Broadway was. Anecdote number three, my very first big break came in New York City when I decided to create my own luck, as my father says. you got to make your luck. And as a playwright, for me, that meant producing my own play. So for the cost of you know, a Starbucks mocha chocolate latte, you know, not, not much money at all. I hired some actors, I hired a director, and I knew these guys in the East Village who ran a bar, and I said to them one night, it was like two o'clock in the morning, and I said, yo guys, you know, you wanna do a play in here, like that? And they said yes. <laughs> see, see what happens if you just hang out in the bar long enough. Um, <laughs> The only piece of furniture in the bar was this green couch on which had happened many things. <laughs> and so the guys were like, uh, well, you're going to put on a play, so we'll buy chairs. It was great. They'll buy chairs. And I said, well, I'll put up posters. You know, it was like an old time, you know, oh, let's put on a show kind of thing. Um, so we had all the elements, we had, we had chairs, we had little posters around the neighborhood kind of thing. We had actors, we had directors, uh, we went into rehearsal, it was fantastic. Oh, I went out to the hardware store, because yeah, one couch 
and all they had, the lights were just Christmas lights. So we needed lighting, you know, fiesta lighting. So I went to the hardware store and I purchased some of those clip-on lights, you know, that you can clip like that, you know. You know, you guys used to be like poor, 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 poor students, so that's what we used, right? Two extension cords snaking around the theater, and I sat behind a screen, kind of like, well, not like that, but kind of like that. <laughs> and my job was to operate the lights, and so for lights up, you know, I plugged <laughs> them together. Yeah, so I was doing this all night. If you've ever tried to do that in the, in the dark with an extension cord, you'll know what theater is all about. And that was my very first break. Uh, four people came. Oh, we ran for three days. That was, the, you know, which was a standard run off, 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 off Broadway. Four people came. My mom, my dad, my sister, and the homeless gentleman who lived outside. And I felt I was the happiest playwright in the entire universe because I felt that I'd arrived. You couldn't have told me that it wasn't, you know, a, an incredible experience because I had a play on in New York City and people uh, were coming and I felt like it was the best show ever. Uh, so suggestion number one million, here we are already, uh, enjoy the trip. Thank you for, t uh, for listening today and I'd love to take your questions. So that was fast. Too much. I talked too long. The time ran. Oh, see what happens. Four o'clock. I know. Nora's Nora's speaking. See what happens. I know. Yeah. Well, well. Quick. Yes. Maybe there's only one question. That would be great. Yes. My name is Yulia Rizek. I'm a student in literature at Harvard, originally from Moscow. Uh, thank you for this uh, incredible performance. Oh. I, f I find uh, I think I think this uh, this, this is uh, uh, this talk has really been a performance on your part. Thank and, you. And uh, this is uh, my question essentially: To what extent must a playwright uh, be also a performer, and uh, to what extent uh, someone like a scholar of literature must also be a poet, a novelist, a dramatist? Mm. Uh, Shakespeare himself acted in his own plays. We know that. Um, to what extent do you think it applies in the modern world? Oh, I think you have, in your question, solved one of the great mysteries of the universe. Because actually, I think, yes, I mean, what you're suggesting is that a scholar should also be a playwright, a novelist, or even a performer. Because if a scholar, a theater scholar, or a, a critic, as we sometimes call them, were to walk around in the shoes of a writer, she or he would really know what it is to uh, write. And if more scholars were active playwrights, poets, novelists, then perhaps we'd do that you know, extension of compassion thing and there would, be a better, there would be better scholarly writing. So I would say, yes, please. And as a playwright, of course, I'm a ham. You know, I'm, not, I'm not a performer, I'm a ham. So, I mean, and I try out everything like this. Every play that I write, I have to try it out in my house. As my husband's back there. He's like, he's seen me like try out every play that I write, you know, before it's really down on the page. So, but you solved a mystery of the universe. Amazing. And I must try the standing on one foot thing. It must really well, work. Well, you gotta. It's really good. You know, if you were a, st uh, a flamingo or a stork, it is good to try. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. See, that's my question.